Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is June 20th, 2019, and it is uh, a really busy day as of this morning, as we can all tell. There's tons that um, we need to cover. There's a lot going on with Iran, the Mediterranean, B-52 bombers out of Minot, an incident that happened on Monday, and not so much an incident because it's normal protocol, but... um, Um, The Baltic and Black Sea was a little bit um, different uh, in regards to timing and how it was done. Uh, We have a drone being shot down by the IRGC. We have um, Turkey, uh, you know, making complaints again. And obviously they're trying to see if they can get a meeting with President Trump, but we're not budging. We need them to come to the table with a solution. Uh, and there's a lot going on locally. I mean, we had Pennsylvania. Feds are crawling all over Pennsylvania. How does it feel? It's actually Biden's home state, isn't it? So, uh, you know, we catch a huge drug shipment. We've got shootouts in Pittsburgh. I mean, what's going on, Pennsylvania? You know, it's really funny because it's a commonwealth and that's a little bit different there. So we have comments from Joe Biden in regards to Iran. And, you know, actually, I have a lot of comments to make on the Democrats in regards to Iran, too. Also, uh, really odd uh, statements by EU advisors in regards to Iran. And it also aligned with what I've been saying And I think the EU is shifting narrative. I don't know what strategy we're going to take to uh, answer that, but we'll see. Uh, There's so much more. Uh, The Nexium trials. Okay, so Keith Ringier was found guilty. Let's talk about the daycare centers. Let's talk about what he was found guilty of, not just a sex cult. We're talking about the little kids. The kids that they were importing. Ah, did you know that he also had daycare centers in London, so it's not just within the United States and Mexico importing children. So we have tons to cover, and I thought um, to begin, we should start with what our president uh, was saying on Hannity. Uh, and um, but before that, I want to play a clip from uh, was it yesterday? It was from Hannity, just so you guys can understand how much. Because no matter how many times we say the mainstream media it has been weaponized against us, has been weaponized, our administration, you know, you're not going to get it until you see what they were saying about the rally. Take a listen. It turned into a lock her up chant tonight. 
Sure. And that's a reflection of Donald Trump's followers. Just as we hold the president accountable, we should hold his followers who make those chants accountable as well. It was a very dark speech, though. It was almost like the live-action version of American Carnage, his inauguration address. It didn't feel like a celebration of America being great again. It is grievance-palooza. This is everyone, everyone there is, is, there's not this affirmative feeling about the greatness of our country or some vision for the future. There were a lot of people there, classic Florida. There's a little bit of a, a smattering of QAnon. There were people wearing their formal flip-flops and their, and their dress cargo pants. <laughs> No disrespect to the king of rock and roll, oh. but this is Elvis in 77. Yeah. Uh. Just kind of lumbering across the stage, Ooh. sweating. I have a message for the conspiracy theorists on fake news NBC. Yeah, the conspiracy network, the Americans who showed up last night in flip-flops and cargo shorts. Well, they will be the people that choose the next president. They're the ones that were right in 2016, and all of you were wrong. I suggest you go back and watch yourself on Election Day. And I know the exit polls showed that Donald Trump didn't win. And you all started out your coverage giddy and happy and uplifted. And you thought you had it in a bag. And then all of a sudden, well, North Carolina came around and Wisconsin came around and Michigan came around and Pennsylvania came around and Ohio came around. And yeah, Florida came around. And what happened? It didn't work out the way you wanted. And you could see the depression set in in the media mob. An amazing night. The forgotten men and women in this country, the ones that suffered the most under Biden, Obama, the people that make this country great every day. They didn't buy into your lies, your conspiracy theories and your hoax the last two years. And as the president's been setting records as it relates to the economy and jobs and everything else, well, they have turned off the nightly vitriol and fake news, CNN and MSNBC. They've had enough of all of your disgusting Hitler comparisons, too. Jeff Zucker, you run fake news CNN. Your ratings are in the tank. I know Jimmy Acosta is begging to be on my show. His book was 550 on Amazon today. You can barely break a million at any hour during the day. We had over 5 million last night. Nobody's watching. You let your, quote, journalist, Don Lemon, say this on your network last night? You should be ashamed of yourself. Take a look. Think about the despicable people we've had in history. Okay, now I'm going to use an extreme example. Um, think about Hitler. Think about any of those people. If you could look back on in history, would you say, well, I'm so glad that that person was allowed a platform so that they could spread their hate and propaganda and lies? Or would you say it probably wasn't the right thing to do to spread that because you knew in the moment that that was a bad person and they were doing bad things. Not only were they hurting people, they were killing people. And so I just think that well, we're going I think that the example matters. And that's a very extreme example. What really happened was this. When the president, six plus minutes into his speech last night, said all those fake news people in the back, and then the crowd started chanting again, not chanting, screaming, well, telling the truth about fake news, CNN, uh, that CNN sucks. CNN couldn't take the criticism and they turned it off. Don Lemon and Jeff Zucker, you need to pick up a history book every now and then from prison reform to tax cuts to promises made and kept constitutional justices to the right to.
All right. So his commentary is great, but here's where I want to go. What is going on with this Hitler reference, right? And it's not just Don Lemon. It's not CNN only, MSNBC and all these clowns. But Ocasio, too, comparing what we're doing to uh, concentration camps and what Hitler did. I mean, this is shameful. This is unheard of. And it even goes further that Angela Rye actually on CNN said that he may start mass exterminating illegal uh, immigrants. I I kid you not. Let me play the clip. This is just how far they've gone to make statements so egregious. I mean, come on. Do they even know that what they're Pushing and peddling their ideologies, their, um, you know, bills that they're introducing, reparations, uh, what is it called? Social solidarity, Medicare for all, you know, all this, all this socialism was actually what Hitler was putting forward. That is what he did. And his campaign had the same flag as Antifa. Yet these people are comparing the president to Hitler when it seems like they're just Uh, you know, pretty much executing uh, play-by-play by by Mein Kampf. I mean, it's incredible. I hope that at some point you wrestle with your conscience and get to the right side of this because, sir, you are on the wrong side of history. In 1933, there were concentration camps. In 1941, they were death camps. And that is where we are going if our our consciences are not quickly pierced. It is a problem. Do not laugh it off. Do not laugh it off. Let me (laughs) (laughs) Death camps? Jesus. I mean, they've completely lost it. And the problem that we have is that these clowns have a megaphone. They have a megaphone to sit there and tell ignorant people, crunchy people, granola munchers, and all these idiots that don't know what gender they are, or what bathroom to use, most of them, the ones that are, you know, apologizing for their skin color, the ones that are celebrating holidays that have nothing to do with them. Jeez, I am so tired of this race baiting, this LGBTQ baiting. I am so tired of it extremely tired of it. Jeez, I, I kind of think they, 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 that this insanity, I mean, we can't even shut them. You know, no matter where you go, you hear these clowns, these talking heads on TVs in public areas. I mean, they even have CNN kids for the kids. Can Fox please do something? You know what? No, I don't want Fox. Hey, OAN, you know what? I'm going to email OAN actually after the show and I'm going to say, hey, can you do like segments for schools, you know, for kids? Because they shouldn't be watching CNN kids. My kids in school When they were watching it, they would sit there and say, this is false. Why are they talking like that about the president? Why are they pushing such notions about the president of the United States? And then we wonder, then we wonder why our kids are so dumb. Then we wonder, because they federalize the educational system. That's how you, you know, mass produce idiots. And then they, you know, spoon feed them garbage, complete garbage, complete garbage. This was atrocious. I um, watched the interview that he had with um, Hannity and it was actually pretty good. I want you to hear what President Trump had to say, how he felt about his rally. We love doing what you did last night. 
explain, you know, why is this important to you and why there is a phenomenon that people show up at your rallies. We don't see the same thing at the Democratic rallies. Why is that in your view? There was tremendous energy in that room last night. There was, and we've had a lot of energy at virtually every every rally, but there was just a special energy. Uh, I announced we're going forward with the second term, as you know. But the level of, it was like being at a world championship college football game where the score was tied going into the last minute. It was the entire rally. Uh, it was an incredible scene. And outside, there were thousands of people. And, I mean, we were asking people not to show up. We were saying, please don't come, letting the word out, because we had 121,000 people for, I guess, it holds 20 or 25,000 people inside of you, include the basketball court, which was loaded up with uh, great, loving patriots. And uh, it, it was just an electric evening, Sean. You know, I, I, I want to ask you... you I don't know if you saw a show on Monday, but Monday we had our friend Lawrence Jones down there, uh, or I guess it was a Tuesday night, but uh, uh, no, it was Monday, and we were, it looked like a tailgating party, and people there 40, 45 hours in the pouring rain before the event. I actually kind of regretted not going because I wanted to hang out with the people outside because they were having a blast. They're people that love our country. And they love seeing what's happening. And it was, in a way, a tailgate party for the country, not for a team, although it's a team when you think about it. But it's a tailgate party for our country. And it was just the feeling was uh, it was like love. But it's love for what we're all about, for the things we stand for. It was a beautiful it was a beautiful evening. It was and even the enemies. And, you know, we have a lot of people that don't like us so much. You possibly have heard about that, Sean. I'm not I sure. I might have read about that. Possibly. I, I think uh, I read once people or two were times. even saying it was yeah. a lot. Some say they've never seen anything quite like it. This rally was of historical proportions, right? It was massive. And I don't see how, uh, you know, the media tried to spin it as something different. It was just ridiculous it was horrific their stance it was like you know it was like that the jealous girlfriend you know oh my god look at this new girlfriend she's so ugly she's this let me just tell you (laughs) about her you know or you know those haters that's what it seemed like it made them seem so sad and such losers you know that how, how do you how do you go past that I mean they're done why do we even have them No one's watching. Nobody cares. Now, as we know, today they're having a judiciary hearing on lessons of the Mueller report. Jeez, when are they going to get over this? But we also have Trudeau, uh, the other snake of Canada, uh, meeting today with the president in the Oval Office to discuss trade. Remember, we have the USMCA agreement. It was just signed by Mexico. And so Trudeau is down there uh, talking with President Trump to discuss things. You know, I would totally love to exclude Canada from this deal. Seriously. Can we not have an agreement just with Mexico and then an agreement just with Canada? Why do we have to incorporate all these people? Why do we have to include Canadian Mexican stuff in there? I am totally not okay with that. I want it to be, you know, bilateral between two countries. That's it.
We don't need to add people. The more you add, the more regulations, the more this, the more difficult it is to come out. It's just horrible. And I do not like Trudeau, just like the Canadians don't. He's uh, he's horrific. Now, uh, because I want to talk deep state before we get into Iran and the B-52 bombers and Russia and what's coming with Osaka and how Putin actually invited President Trump to sit down and talk, I want you to hear what President Trump had to say on the deep state. Okay, let's take a listen. And what the repercussions would be. Or I spied on crooked Hillary's campaign. Can you imagine what the repercussions would be? Let me ask you specifically. I want to stay on this topic because I think this abuse of power is very dangerous. You addressed it last night. Sir, your campaign was spied on. In October 2016, Hillary's dossier, bought and paid for Russian dossier, paid for by her and the money she controlled at the DNC that was funneled through a law firm that hired a op research group that hired a foreign national. We now know that Bruce Orr testified in behind closed doors that everybody was warned that Christopher Steele hated you, that Hillary paid for it, and that it was not verified. That was August of 2016, 14 days before Jim Comey signed the first FISA application. And a FISA application, I'm told, says the word verified on it. Before he signed it, he was warned by Kathleen Kavlak of the State Department, who met with Christopher Steele. So my question to you is, you were spied on as a candidate during your transition as president. And then abroad, we had Stefan Halper spying on Carter Page, Sam Clovis, George Papadopoulos. So those are just ways that we've already verified. It's not in dispute anymore. Your campaign was spied on. Your transition was spied on. Jim Comey, three months after he signed that warrant, verifying the Russian dossier bulk of information is true. He then came to Trump Tower and told you it's salacious but unverified, the opposite of what he was telling the court. Do you believe that there was a premeditated fraud committed against FISA court judges in these applications? Well, again, uh, people are looking into that. If you're asking just my opinion, I would say absolutely yes. It would seem to be yes. And you know, when you get the struck page, the two lovers who uh, put right out on the public waves, I mean, they put the insurance policy. Well, we've been living through the insurance policy that she was going to win, but just in case she didn't win, we need an insurance policy. Well, that's to subvert government. What they did was unbelievable that they could do a thing like that. And they reported to McCabe, who I think is a terrible, terrible guy. And, you know, the FBI, you have some of the finest people in the world that you know that. And we say it all the time. And I'll bet you if we took a vote, <laughs> I'd be so high in that poll, you wouldn't even believe it. They're great people. I know so many. But uh, the top people were terrible. They were leakers. They were liars. I mean, look at the leaking and look at the lying. Comey admitted he leaked. Think of it. The top of the FBI, he leaked. And when you look at what went on, Sean, it's disgusting. But the whole concept of they want an insurance policy just in case she loses. Well, that's what we've lived through. We've lived through the insurance policy. And yet the House committee, which I understand today was in a very uh, closed, confidential meeting with the wonderful Hope Hicks. She's a wonderful person. She's been through hell. They put this young woman through hell what she's had to pay for legal fees and everything else. 
I hear they were taking pictures of her, congressmen, two congressmen in particular that I see on television all the time. I won't mention their names. We don't want to make them any more famous. But two congressmen. But they were taking pictures of her oh, with their grief. cell phone and then leaking the pictures of her testifying. And this was in a closed room. Uh, look, it's out of control. These people are, are absolutely, you know, they use, they use the word. It's a good word, I guess. Unhinged. What's happened to the Democrats? And in the meantime, they're not doing any work in Congress. We could do legislation to lower drug prices very substantially, easily. We could do maybe almost like the thing we need the most quickly is border security. We've done an incredible job, but I have to do it myself. I can't get any. We can't get any votes from the Democrats. We can't get well, any votes. And infrastructure, we could do it so easily. But they're so busy interviewing Hope Hicks and taking pictures of this incredible young woman and putting the pictures out to the press of her testifying. And they're not allowed to do that. It's probably illegal. It's a terrible thing going on, John. They, sir, there have been four separate investigations. Let me remind you. The nine-month FBI investigation, the one that Peter Strzok said there's no there there. Lisa Page said we had nothing after nine months as it relates to collusion. Then there was the House Intel Committee investigation, no collusion. Then the Bipartisan Senate Committee, no collusion. Then the Mueller report directly quoted it, no collusion, no conspiracy. You, I had wanted you, um, now I'm a talk show host, so I sometimes do straight news. We do investigative reporting, uh, sometimes sports and culture, and I give strong conservative opinions. I've been a conservative all my career. We don't hide that fact. Um, but I have wanted you to declassify the 302s, declassify uh, all this information, the FISA applications, declassify the Gang of Eight, declassify exculpatory information. You have done so but you gave it to the attorney general. Why? Yes, because I think that he is uh, a very honorable gentleman who wants to do the right thing. And he is allowed to, under my agreement, he's allowed to give it out to whoever he wants. But I think it's really, you know, maybe some of this you need to have for purposes of other countries, because I think other countries were involved. I think they... Uh-oh, there we go. Other countries were involved. This is why he hasn't declassified it yet, guys. And giving it to the attorney general allows him to prosecute as well with things that may arise himself or make recommendations for prosecutions and wherever the crime that he finds has been committed. Perhaps, just based on what I'm seeing, they used other countries because they didn't want to get caught doing what they were doing in this country. You know that very well. That that speaks volumes. They used other countries because they didn't want to get caught. So other countries were conspiring. Not only that, remember, it's really hard to have an operating CIA when Gina Haspel is in the middle of all of this. All of it. Because she ran the show in the EMEA, right? She ran the show. She had her office a breath away from GCHQ's, uh, you know, head who resigned upon President Trump's inauguration. We need to be a little bit more uh, considerate. You know, obviously, I want everything declassified. But everything comes at its pace, you can't move things faster. You got to be patient. And it's got to be done at the right time. Remember, 
The countries, the other countries that they used are now calling us warmongers. The other countries that they used are trying to build an EU army. The other countries they used are now trying to paint a picture of this administration as evil to justify their actions. Pay attention. This is where they're going with this. This is where they're going with this. Their FISA abuse... They're going to want to excuse it as a way of, but we had, we knew better. You people don't know anything. Look at what he's doing. Pay attention. Aren't you watching the news? Just what a horrible president he is and how horrible he is as a human being. That's exactly what they're doing. This is why they're dragging it on because they're still betting on Bill Barr. And so we need to keep our eggs uh, not all in one basket, right? You got to separate them. Because it goes way further deep. You have to look at who's on the intelligence committee. What if I told you, okay, that this is, this is astounding, that one of the people on the, uh, that chairs um, uh, the intelligence committee on counterterrorism actually sat down and had dinner, you know, and hung out with President Rouhani of Iran, when they were declared, you know, uh, sponsors of terrorism, they sat down and had, you know, dinner in New York. Yeah, we'll revisit that because this is just how far deep they are. You want to talk Iran? You want to talk facts? Mm, This is the thing. uh, The IRGC shot down the drone. The remnants indeed were found in international waters, but why? Because before the drone went and it took pictures of them taking it down, obviously they don't want us taking pictures and they know that our technology will allow us from either even international waters to do so. So that is where we're going. Okay, so we'll um, pick up right after this break uh, to talk more about the deep state and Nexium before, you know, deep state kind of rolls into Nexium, and I'll get to that. See you all in just a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 72978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Okay, so just to wrap up, um, uh, you know, Deep State, we have a, a lot happening, uh, you know, with them. There's complete panic globally in regards to uh, them actually not knowing how President Trump is moving forward. And the thing is, it's because he's not moving forward. He's just finishing up what he's been started. Okay, so this is a time where you roll it out. There's no planning needed. That's been done. No groundwork needed. That's been done. And so uh, we just have to be a little bit more attentive to clues of what has been done and what will be done <laughs> coming up. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Nexium, uh, but I mean, what can I say? I, first of all, let me say that I am shocked that the mainstream media isn't talking about this. And here's the thing, this whole, you know, being found guilty, it wasn't just about him running this cult. And the, and, and the thing is, from 2017, actions were taken by other states, by other, um, you know, states that had these ch- daycare centers, child care centers, what they were calling rainbow cultural gardens. Uh, you know, they were being shut down from learning about things, right? Uh, it's just really incredible. And my heart breaks, because it is so extensive and there are so many idiots, uh, you know, around just putting their heads in their sand, in the sand, saying it doesn't exist. It does. No, 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 no. This can't be true. This isn't happening. Well, they have daycares or uh, children education centers, as one would say, all the way out to London and Mexico, London. Okay. London, all the way out to London. That's the thing. They are global. Now, back in 2018, in April of last year, uh, the state of Florida um, ordered that the, the they had a, 
a school in Miami. It was in Midtown Miami. They literally shut it down because it was a, a, an unlicensed, per se, childcare facility uh, that was, um, fr- uh, you know, uh, from uh, linked to Nexium. And so the DCF, actually the Department for Children and Families, uh, initiated a child protective investigation and ordered the facility immediately to close operations like same day. And Raquel Pereira, um, she uh, was one of the air quote instructors and um, for Nexium for this cult like thing. She was like a teacher and I'll explain how they lured people into this. But the school that was owned by Patricia Pietra and Pereira, uh, Raquel Pereira, uh, you know, is not no longer they say affiliated with rainbow cultural garden of Miami. That's what they're saying. And they're saying that it's a multi multicultural uh, tutoring center. But anyway, they shut it down. Bottom line is, and um, you know, Pereira, uh, you know, her Twitter feed was showing that she was part of it. And she is part of the trial, too. And uh, even though the federal government at that time had not alleged that Rainbow Schools, Pereira, Sands and Pietra were involved with the alleged crimes of the cult leader, uh, you know, at that time, uh, you know, the former uh, Nixium spokesperson turned whistleblower and, you know, validated these concerns, hence why they began uh, that investigation and why he was found uh, guilty of these things. You know, he had uh, celebrity clients, right? Like Richard Branson, Linda Evans. Did you know that Penelope Cruz had her kid at one of those schools too? But she had pulled that child, her child out at some point. Now, everyone that was involved with Rainbow Culture Garden is also involved with Nexium because they're one in the same. It's just like a sub company to recruit the children and to bring children on, import children. Now, um, it was alleged, now he was found guilty that he was having sex with underage kids, um, some as young as 12 years old, and we all know they're even younger. And um, even though Renier was saying that age of consent that they were saying is too rigid. Remember, I have written an article about this, how Barack Hussein Obama, starting with Clinton, right? President Bill Clinton, they were changing the age of consent to lower it to be, you know, under the age of 12, if you remember the age of consent. So it's not really pedophilia unless the child is under 12. Um, And, you know, because apparently they can't give consent. And that was actually then changed to be more broad and vague, according to the UCMJ. So it was, you know, this is where they're going. They're using Using these uh, to say so. Now, uh, Nixium is uh, the founder of the Rainbow um, and um, the Rainbow Culture Garden in the United Kingdom had Sarah Bronfen, right? The chick with the pearls that fainted when they found out that Avenatti was also in on her case. The one that was found guilty for having someone in her closet as a slave. Yeah, that one was the, was the Rainbow Cultural Garden CEO for the United Kingdom guys United Kingdom and she her picture was on it and everything so this woman that no one could fathom you know recruits imports kids they were doing satanic do you know how many children are probably gone 
No name, no face, imported and gone. Think about it. We should be protecting children more than anything because they can't protect themselves. I mean, that is an innate feeling any adult has around a child. I mean, animals are protective of babies, but yet we are not. We're not animals, but the ones that are using them for nefarious and disgusting activities from sex Sex slavery to a source of whatever religious enlightenment, fountain of youth, or even a source of nutrition. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. So, Nixium is so horrific. This exposure of it is so horrific. And the fact that the mainstream media isn't talking about it is horrible. Another thing that you should know is Rainbow Cultural Garden that had kids that would also be flown in from England as students and arrived to the United States. So where were they getting these kids? Oh, and if you actually were able to see, most of these kids were being imported from Africa and Asia and the Ukraine and other nations suddenly going to this London branch um, school. And it was confirmed that it wasn't even registered, just like in Miami, as a school, according to the Office of Standards of Education, yet they were taking tuition and they had kids and they were importing them. So they were, you know, this is a huge concern. I mean, anyone who's anyone would take their kids there. Why? And not only that, there were nameless children there. It's a franchise of torturing children. This is how you need to understand it is. They were saying, oh, we teach them all these languages because we assign a person to them and we just talk to them in all these languages. So we speak Japanese, Mandarin, you know, um, German, Spanish, Russian, English, everything, Arabic, Hindi, all at once. So your kid is going to be so smart if it joins this school. And the curriculum, uh, you know, was immersing them in all of this. Immersing them in understanding culture, immersing them in languages. I mean, who wouldn't want that? I try to immerse my kids in to be multilingual like myself. <laughs> so attractive, you know? And if I was probably still in London, I would have, if I found it, enrolled my kid in it, not knowing, you know, what it really was, if I didn't know what it really was, per se. So there is no actual curriculum but then pretty much what they would do is they would assign people so it would um it was like early childhood education and so you know none of them were ever licensed throughout the united states throughout uh mexico or the united kingdom and possibly other countries that we have not detected yet where they would uh literally put assign children to people uh like for example cami fernandez was one of them. She was an illegal alien and um, Renier placed her in charge of teaching children his experiment in, in one of these experimental rainbow gardens. So they were like nannies, okay? And they were called multicultural development specialists. And all of them were from foreign countries. Now, all of these nannies had no visa to enter the United States and they were harbored illegally by Nexium. 
Many of them were getting like visitor visas or tourist visas, uh, going to take courses with Nexium. And then once they got to Nexium, they became nannies and were kind of like, you know, they were paid. And Claire Bronfman, and, you know, in the U.S., and Sarah Bronfman <laughs> in the U.K., right? They would sponsor them and other foreign people in the U.S. with H-1B visas, in the U.K. or Europe with other visas, uh, and claiming that they would be so good at their jobs and they would say how much they were getting paid, etc. There's so many of them. Sahaho uh, Kozak, she was one of those, uh, air quote, nannies speaking German. These are all women that were slaves for Nexium. So they came in as slaves and then they employed them, employed them to make the children to groom the children into this. And Penelope Cruz, um, you know, it, she had her child there. And Michelle Hatchett, who was uh, part of this, was the one in charge of Penelope Cruz's child. And she was her teacher in Miami. So Penelope Cruz had her kid enrolled in one of these Rainbow Cultural Centers in Miami that claimed, oh, we're not part of Rainbow, but they were. And Michelle Hatchett was what recruited by who she's the, she's the, um, the, the one, um, that was recruited by Alison Mack. She was in the same slave pen as India Oxenberg and her master, her slave master was Alison Mack. This is the woman that was taking care of Penelope Cruz's child in Miami. It was there for a short time uh, for an experiment. Supposedly, she removed her kid. This is where they get to. I mean, this is horrific, but here's where it gets into deep state. Do you know how many senators and congressmen have sent their children to those? See, why isn't the news reporting this? Why aren't investigative journalists pulling that out? Why are we reporting how they're sitting senators and sitting congresspersons that have their children go through this? Where are you at? The one in Albany shut down. <laughs> California. They would recommend people to take their kids there. What representative recommended to families in California to give them an air quote scholarship to rain to the rainbow cultural thing? <laughs> they met at the Standard Hotel and discussed it. Two families. Recommendation. Family that had so many children reached out for some help from their congressperson and they were recommended, hey, I'm going to give you tuition for these two children to go there. Both of them happen to be girls. <laughs> this is how deep it goes. Not only that, Nexium was funding Clinton. They have been funders of the DNC like crazy, like crazy. And no one is talking about it. Could you imagine if a cult like this, if a child trafficking, because they were importing children from other countries, and we don't know where these kids are today, obviously, right? They were importing slaves to then groom these children from other countries. Imagine if that was connected in any way to the RNC or President Trump in his orbit. It would be nonstop 24-7. Nonstop. But this is all swept under the rug. People not understanding just how disgusting this is. Just how expansive this is. 
When are we going to hold the Congress persons accountable? Where are those families? Are those families alive? Are they still in the country? Will they testify that that, that there were Congress persons giving them air quote scholarships to these schools? How many of them rolled into Nickelodeon? How many of them rolled into Disney? There's so many of them, so much information. Why isn't this out? All these children that were imported, where's records of them? What happened to them? Did they go to special parties or maybe special restaurants? Or what was it called? Those pop-up restaurants at the Standard with special things on the menu. Uh, Once mentioned by Macaulay Culkin. Not about the standard, but the special menu of the pop-up restaurant. That is what should be happening. And you know, a lot of people, this is a conspiracy. It's in the court. How can it be a conspiracy when it's documented in the court? How can it be a conspiracy when there's testimony? How can it be a conspiracy when there's paper trail and money trail? Who says that? What kind of person do you have to be? Imagine. What kind of low, low life person do you have to be to discredit Any information that comes out about abuse of children, raping of children, bartering of children, and using them as commodities. If there is an ounce of proof of anything, you should be the first one to say no, because that talks about your character. I want to play a clip. Uh, It was just released a couple hours ago by Pompeo, where he mentioned this where he talked about it. And states should be on alert. State officials, congresspersons, and senators, they should listen carefully to what Secretary Pompeo had to say on June 18th, 2019. This was just tweeted. Oh, it was tweeted yesterday. Sorry. Um, Wait, no, wrong one. I will find it. It was where he was talking about the children. Let me get it for you. So um, he was talking about human trafficking just two hours ago. And he said that, he, that we will come after you if you don't put an end to it. Uh, that was his human trafficking report that he unveiled uh, today. Uh, it's pretty incredible because, you know, it's important that we understand just how massively, what a massive scale this is happening on. It is horrible. It makes me feel horrible that there are people sitting in office, sitting in front of our television sets even, that would even, you know, fathom the idea of doing something so horrific to a child. Not only to a child, but to women, right? Men, young women, men, to use a hu- another human being in that manner. To be your slave, to pleasure you, or even to be your food uh, is is beyond. I don't see how this is even, you know, something that would cross somebody's mind. Here we can't even do it to pets, but we're doing it to humans. Take a listen to what he said. If you don't stand up to trafficking, America will stand up to you. President Trump has proven this, and he has mobilized our federal government to make human trafficking a true top priority for the United States. This is highly appropriate. Last October... The president hosted and I chaired a meeting of the interagency task force to monitor and combat trafficking in persons. It was the first time that a president had attended a meeting of that task force in its 19 years of existence. The president that day vowed that he would not rest, quote, until we have stamped out the menace of human trafficking once for all. And he instructed every agency to take on that action. Here at State, we're doing our best to answer that call. We engage in 
year-round activity with our partners in more than 80 countries to support anti-trafficking programs all across the world. Last fall, the Department, with important input from survivors, worked to produce a video about the risks of human trafficking and inform visa applicant of their rights. It's on display in the waiting rooms at most of our embassies and consulates all across the world. And one of our greatest contributions to the anti-trafficking movement is the report we're launching today for the 19th year in a row. I want to thank Ambassador Richmond and his team for leading the efforts to produce this year's report and all the dedication that his team has shown. They spent many long hours making sure that it lives up to its reputation. And now that they've completed their work, it's up to the rest of us to ensure that it doesn't just sit on a dust on a shelf and collect dust. We must remain steadfast in our twin goals of freedom for every victim and justice for every trafficker. You know, what's funny is, is that, you know, this program has been in place indeed. It began in uh, 2000 and that was on the heels of rape. And all of you can sit there and say that it was consensual between Monica Lewinsky and Clinton, but we all know this came on the heels of that. And during that investigation, they found that indeed uh, there were, okay, victims of child trafficking and child gross sexual imposition, right, on children by members of the Pentagon. That was actually a report put together in 2003-2005. And as they begun the investigations in 2006, Obama quashed it when he came into office. And as they were operating, funds were reduced. They couldn't go forward. Calls weren't answered. I talked about it in an article on torysays.com. So it, up to NASA, Pentagon. They had 5,000 names. Some officers were caught and removed. But this is just how far deep it goes. It's not just the faceless names. And if you heard him correctly, they have put posters at embassies advising them of their rights. Because no person is enticed, hey, if you come over to the U.S., you'll be my slave. And that sounds better than you staying in your country, I don't know, of India or Thailand or the Philippines or Bangkok or, you know, Taiwan or China or Russia or the Ukraine or Latvia or Estonia. No, you can come and be my slave. No one's going to lure you like that. They're going to offer you jobs. Actually, they might offer you a job as a lifeguard through companies like American Pool Enterprises or United Working travel where they bring young women and men into this country to get an experience of working in the United States of America. Working at hotels. Working. That's what we need to understand. That it's not just the ones they kidnap. It's not just the ones they buy on the black market. It's the ones that they lure with a tale of paved golden, you know, golden paved streets and, you know, the ability to work in a new breath of life to leave poverty behind. Some of them even know what they're going to, hey, you're going to be working in my strip club, but they didn't tell them that they're going to be have to, you know, going to rooms and visiting with Johns. So these networks don't have one area where they get their sourced humans. They don't get them only from coyotes bringing them over the border. They don't get them from purchasing them from orphanages. They don't get them from, you know, organizations like little kids that representative Schiff is related to, which is a crazy, crazy organization that goes around the world to teach people how to massage babies at orphanages. So that's not the only source. Locally, they do. In local cities, 
towns, villages in your state. They groom them from a young age. They grab the children that live in the trailer parks. They threaten them, but they don them with money and drugs. They get them hooked. And then as they out age, if, if they age out and nobody else wants to have parties with them anymore, it's their job to recruit other children, other teenagers, not just from the local area that they know are from like, you know, troubled families or families that live paycheck to paycheck, families that have no credibility because I don't know, maybe one of them went to prison, you know, 10 years ago for something, or maybe the mother struggled with addiction 10 years ago. They're not credible anymore, right? As people, right? That's the way society looks at people that have made mistakes. Their children are targets. That's how it goes. Or they go to people that are strung out, drug addicts, and they offer them money or drugs so they can borrow their child. And then they send these children that have aged out to go and collect them. That's how they work. They have so many access points to shop for these children. How do you stop it? Well, you get the pockets. That's how you stop it. Nexium was one way. It was the more elite way. It was the elite way of making sure that they can meet the demand and they, they were the supply for the elite demand. Wherever the elites were, they were taking care of them from royal families to celebrities. And then there's the, uh, you know, people in office that also not only receive, but they provide the supply too. These pockets are deep. These rings are very connected. And the problem is they're interconnected. The cartels in Mexico interconnect. Where you see drugs, you will have human trafficking because that is a commodity. That is a separate industry and it's highly lucrative. And it is all linked back to the swamp too. On that note, uh, we're going to be coming after this break and we're going to be breaking down Iran and other developments uh, that have occurred. And maybe some commentary on the ongoing, uh, you know, pony show. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news.
real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, so this is the second part, and usually here is where we analyze foreign policy and kind of uh, uh I would say etch a course as to where everything is going. So far, <laughs> I've been on point. Uh, if any of you are new to listening to me or uh, didn't catch uh, my uh, live broadcast on air uh, that were ongoing this week uh, talking about Iran, I urge you to take a listen because what I've been saying about the 80s and going into the Middle East and everything, I've kind of explained the fact that, yes, we were part of it, not on our own, obviously, but with those countries that help, you know, create these dossiers and 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 help with the spying. Uh, you know, this was a, a concerted effort, obviously led by previous administrations, uh, you know, we've seen this before. There's stuff that has been declassified. I mean, we could talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? All of you should just pull that up and see exactly what happened. That's actually been declassified. So what I was saying is no, um, no different than what is being said today by the European Union excluding themselves from such activities. And I'll elaborate on that. First, I just want to play for you um, the uh, Pentagon who held a briefing right after Iran shot down, shot down of the drone. Take a listen. I'm prepared to give a statement, but I won't be answering questions at this time. A U.S. Navy RQ-4 was flying over the Gulf of Oman and the Strait of Hormuz on a recent surveillance mission in international airspace in the vicinity of recent IRGC maritime attacks when it was shot down by an IRGC surface-to-air missile fired from a location in the vicinity of Goruk, Iran. This was an unprovoked attack on a U.S. surveillance asset that had not violated Iranian airspace at any time during its mission. This attack is an attempt to disrupt our ability to monitor the area following recent threats to international shipping and the free flow of commerce. Iranian reports that this aircraft was shot down over Iran are categorically false. The aircraft was over the Strait of Hormuz and fell into international waters. At the time of the intercept, the RQ-4 was operating at high altitude, approximately 34 kilometers from the nearest point of land on the Iranian coast. This dangerous and escalatory attack was irresponsible and occurred in the vicinity of established air corridors between Dubai, UAE, and Muscat, Oman, possibly endangering innocent civilians. Thank you. Okay, so that was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Guastella. Um, I just want you guys to envision this, okay? So I want you to close your eyes uh, and picture this. Well, if you're driving, please don't do it. Um, picture a U-turn on a mountain, right? Like a sharp U-turn. That's exactly how the strait is, right? And that little strait has obviously, um, that's where Dubai is on the, like if you're, uh, if you're seeing it from the Oman area, how do, how do I put it? Um, 
So Dubai, Oman are, are, are there and Iran uh, flanks it. Okay, let's just put it that way. Now, Guruk is um, an area that um, is proximal, obviously, to the strait and the U-turn area, the Hormuz Strait, um, and, you know, the U-turn. It's like at the tip of the U-turn, like right where you actually U-turn, where you've taken that turn and your car's turning, that initial turn, that's where it was located. The drone was actually located as if you're, say you're taking a U-turn um, left, right? So the drone was located like as you're still going straight to get into the U-turn, right? International waters. And Guruk is located at the, at the you know, if you were taking a U-turn, your car is already turned to the left kind of place. That's where it was. So it fired surface to air, which if it would have missed anything, it could have hurt civilians, hurt other people, and it fell into international airspace. Now, as he said, it was done for surveillance purposes or whatever surveillance mission in international waters, blase, blase. But it was determined that it was the IRGC that did so. And so things are really heating up. Things are really heating up. And I'll tell you why. Because the European answers are what make it heat up. So earlier this you know, morning in European time, uh, a lady by the name of Tocci, who is um, a special advisor for EU foreign policy, uh, she's the special advisor to the EU foreign policy chief, um, Frederica Mog. Uh, she is, you know, all about standing up for Iran tell you why and you know she's saying that you know we're responsible for all the Iranian tensions and so you know people need to understand why she's saying this so first of all Tochi right was the one that was like you know saying that the protests that we're seeing in Iran are no big deal right she was very outspoken about this um and she was uh I think she actually even um she had tweeted about this she was like saying oh I went to Iran and you know everyone in the media is saying that this is happening but it's totally not true now sources I have to be honest uh that I have in Iran told me the same thing. And these are sources that are, you know, pro-liberation of Iran. It wasn't such a huge deal. So, you know, she's not too far out, but she met with the Iranian president and spoke with them. Now, another thing is we're seeing that, um, you know, she's constantly supporting them uh, and going forward with them. And over a year ago, she said that the United States is actually suffering from consequences because of like choices we've made in the Middle East since 1980 uh, from Iraq, Afghanistan, Lebanon, Palestine, Yemen, etc. Now, I talked about that. I told you how that happened. Iran-Contra up until, you know, the tanker wars and then take it down where we went into Iraq for some supposed weapons of mass destruction. And I've already explained to you, it wasn't just us. It was the whole new global order thing that they've been talking about, right? They all coordinated it and, S, you know, um, orchestrated it. And this is why Iran, you know, um, has put down, you know, deadlines to the other nations because they're like, listen, you either show who you stand with or, man, we don't know what's going on. Do we trust the Americans? Can we trust the Americans? But the Americans were leading the other stuff. Man, they're stuck because they have no idea. So she is an apologist, kind of like Obama about Iran. Uh, you know, she's also... Um, 
you know, uh, she's also constantly in communication with Iranian and Iranians that are considered terrorist sponsors. Right. And she sits on many European think tanks to talk about things. And uh, specifically, just in May, you know, she said that Trump is in no position of maximum pressure to be delivered. And now Rouhani is triggered um, to, you know, to escalate things. And that was done. That was said on May 8th. And remember what I told you yesterday? May 2nd was that deadline. Remember? Remember how I told you that Iran turned around to Europe and said, all right, guys, you got two months. He's killed my oil business. According to the contract, you need to offset that stuff because economically you're supposed to keep me afloat. You're supposed to pay me. That's what the contract says. So think tanks got together in Europe and they were like, oh my God, it's all Trump's fault. Now Iran's like putting out measures. That's why it's May 8th to July 8th. Remember, two month term. I told you that. So here's where it goes that, um, you know, she is constantly putting forward the notion that the United States is the evil one here provoking, uh, you know, the I would say, well, provoking Iran to become a problem, um, you know, for pulling out of the nuclear deal and then imposing further sanctions. And um, Russia Today uh, had actually published that I- Iran um, would not stick uh, with the JCPOA um, because it's a social contract. And only if both sides um, hold that contract can it be hel- upheld. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, you guys, to see them change the narrative that, you know, we are responsible for this. So uh, Gina Haspel and Dan Coates uh, were in Congress, if you remember, back in February, and they were testifying about Iran. Now, Haspel, when she was talking about Iran, she said, you know, um, she stated that Iran was compliant with the deal. Coates said, we don't think that Iran is, you know, undertaking the key activities, um, you know, that we think would create a nuclear device. So both of them uh, said that, you know, they're compliant. And then Coates said, uh, you know, we don't think that they're doing things um, that are necessary to produce something nuclear. Now, none of them had proof of this. This is just them saying. So we already know that there's tons of Iranian um, violations that have happened from banks to funding to selling airplanes. Like all this stuff is in court right now. Some of them have been sentenced, severely fined, right? And there was a joint comprehensive plan of action. That's what the JCPOA is, right? And, uh, you know, apparently the Iranians, and I explained this in my nuclear um Uh, to explain to you how uranium one is enriched and what heavy water is, they're saying that their heavy water was more, you know, than what they were allowed to have. And they sold that for profit. They also exceeded the limits um, for the center for, you know, the centrifuges. Remember where I told you it's the slowest way, but the most accurate. Well, they um, started researching on that and assembling more than, you know, I think it was like eight of them of the IR eight rotor assemblies and then uh, those are specific to the centrifuges Um, so 
they had violated, right? And what they're saying is, is that they likely have violated Section T of the deal. Now, I'm just going to tell you, duh, they would. I mean, come on, think of it, guys. We have to, anyone sitting there saying, you're just going to comply, and we said so, but we're going to be giving you a lot of, you know, money. Um, Iran has repeatedly refused to fully cooperate with the um, International Agency for Atomic Energy, right? They have. And, um, and they wanted to investigate the dimensions of their nuclear program. Now, in 2018, Israel exposed what the Iranians were hiding from the International Agency of Atomic Energy, right? And, you know, that, you know, they even admitted that they didn't dismantle uh, the core of the plutonium reactor um, at Iraq. Like, they, they stated this. And it's like, come on, let's be realistic. I mean, do we... We live in a place with ponies, rainbows, and, and, and sugar plum fairies. Come on. If you're a country that has been created and morphed to be the blind spot for funding illicit activities on behalf of governments in order for them to execute these activities against their own citizens, right? Terrorism is done to garner a result, Okay, for some reason, people think that, you know, jihadis have unlimited pockets and that there's some really rich guy. Right. Think about it. Some really rich, you know, jihadi somewhere sitting on a throne that's just chucking money their way. Let's destroy the West and all of them. No, he doesn't. Because the really rich jihadis. Right. They want what the West provides. They want our tech. They want our trashy TV shows, our movies, our blonde, busty women, the porn we make, the video games we make. They want everything. Why would they want to eradicate us? Let's just be reasonable. Think about it. It makes absolutely no sense. And this is where it comes to revisiting history. Why did the Ottomans push and attack Europe and take over. Why did then, you know, the queen of Spain, you know, create the, uh, the, you know, where they were, the Inquisition Wars, right? They were removing Muslims. Why? Because they were weaponized against the Spanish. And who weaponized them? Believe it or not, it was the British. The British weaponized them because they were in um, turmoil with Spain and France and they had no allegiance and they were worried that people were going to come down and take over England during King Henry's reign. That was fact. They literally paid and funded these, you know, supposed masked, you know, Muslim attackers to go and, you know, kill the French and the Spanish. So the Spanish flipped out and said, well, we're most powerful. So guess what? We're going to just question you. Are you Muslim? You're done. You either get out or you get killed. Pick. And that's how it went. History. So again, what is Iran doing? It is funding terrorism. Who's terrorism? I mean, Obama admitted that we were paying ISIL. Were we paying them like on a federal payroll? Did they get military pay? How was the check cut? Hmm. Think about it. How was the check cut? Did the CIA send him a check, you know, paid to the order of jihadi number five? Take it? No. Most of the funding was done by Iran.
They fund the Taliban. They find they fund Al Shabaab. They fund Al Qaeda. They fund Hamas, Hezbollah. You name it, they fund them. Why? They're the blind spot. So you don't know who's funding who. You don't know who aligns with who. Especially when your IRGC is owned by all these countries and placed by all these countries there to monitor the behavior. And then when you get planes with tons of cash, it's your job to funnel it back to the person that sent it to you. That's the way it is. So tell me again, as you're this, you know, mobster, like a gangster, right? Think of gangster. You've seen movies where they're like selling drugs. They're rich. They're like, they've got all them. What do they say? I got them hoes. And they've got all the bling in the ice, right? Do they trust anyone? No. Do they always keep a backup plan? Yes. Do they have a gun in their pocket where everyone can see and then like 20 down their pants? Yes. Why? Because they need a backup plan. Because even though you are the boss, your bosses are bigger than you, the ones that drop the 10 kilos of cocaine, right? Well, here's the thing. Iran may be the boss and they may be commanding all these mercenaries, but the bottom line is their, you know, head honcho, their boss is way bigger than them. And it's a lot of nations and they're Western. And no matter, even if they're Muslims or not, right? Doesn't matter. The bottom line is they're bigger than you. So what are you going to do? You're going to keep a backup plan. You're going to have a backup plan. So if anyone thinks that Iran was compliant, that Iran is going to stay compliant, they're, 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 they're dreaming of, you know, fluffy rainbows and, you know, ponies, because that's not reality. The reality is they're the gangster with the big cartels on top of them and they need to keep a backup plan because, you know, the minute you become expendable, you're done. And Iran right now is expendable because the United States is taking out their mercenaries. The United States has shown the light of their mercenaries and what Israel provided is 100% correct. 100% correct. So if they're not compliant and they already have nuclear weapons that we don't even know about, because you have to assume that you've got to be completely stupid not to assume it, then what you need to understand is Iran at this point is completely unsure of where they should stand. They don't know. They're like, okay, is this president like legit, like looking to stop the cycle of madness or is he like psyoping me? And if he's psyoping me, then, uh, you know, I don't know if I can trust him. Abe saying trust him. North Korea saying trust him. Russia saying trust him. Other nations that are aligning like Poland, you know, or Brazil are saying trust him. But then you've got the European Union and, you know, uh, mini Hitler Merkel coming out saying, you know, oh, it's all his fault. He's doing it. We're going to investigate and find out when you know they're the instigators. Come on. President Trump isn't going to war with Iran. There's no reason to. Obviously, we know they have nuclear weapons. We have them too. If they want a nuclear war, it's going to happen, like it or not. You can't control that. That's the bottom line. Obviously, we have bigger ones because we're able to do it more openly, right? But we can't stop another country on the decisions they take. The only thing we could do is give them informed uh, decisions and informed consent, as one would say, right? To do what they want to do. So this is why what Iran did, which was put their foot down to Europe and say, put up or shut up, is going to show us exactly who sits where. 
Because right now it's all pointing fingers and, you know, it's, it's not making any sense. And you know what's even weirder, right, is that Russia, who, tends, who is going to profit off of this, Russia is literally going to make bank with all of this, total bank, with what's going on in Iran. You know, they are making tons, they're going to make tons of money off of this. So why intervene? Why is Putin intervening now? Putin is saying, uh, look, um, President Trump, we really need to talk. And I'd like for us to talk because um, I think you need to know more information, which obviously Putin needs to know that we already know, because if I know, everybody else does, too. So even though, you know, uh, President Trump came out and said, oh, my gosh, you made a very big mistake, Iran. You know, that is a very big mistake. We um, know that the remnants were found uh, in um, in international waters uh, and that announcement was made. And so Tehran, um, well, it wasn't. It was the IRGC claimed that it had dismantled the unmanned aircraft um, in the province of southern Iran with a three Qarad missile uh, that was Iranian, right? Now, Putin, though, stepped up. Putin literally stepped up and, um, you know, is trying to intervene. He even, um, you know, went as far as to uh, put out an invite to the president in regards to um, the G20 uh, in Osaka that's happening. So it's it's getting pretty interesting right now because uh, Vladimir Putin uh, is saying, you know, this controversy between a, a, the U.S. and Iran, um, you know, if it uses any military power against Iran, it'll be a complete disaster and it'll be hard to calculate um, the consequences if there's any military intervention. And he is right 100%. This can be disastrous because we still don't know where everyone sits, remember? That's the thing. And, you know, using military power against Iran would be disastrous for the region and uh, there would be violence going on like nobody's business. We're going to see people like Qatar, Oman, and Yemen jump into it. Then we're going to have, you know, the United Emirates, you know, Saudi Arabia, Arabia all freaking out and everyone's just going to get missile happy is going to be a hot mess because we don't know who sits where. I mean, we already know where the United Emirates and Yemen sit, right? They sit by the throne of the queen and the European Union. That's the way it is. I mean, we have to be straight with that. So the the concerns here are, you know, um, there's going to be so much there's so much uncertainty because usually when you go into war you know your good and your bad outcomes here they're all gray and you know they're they're um they're um a Shia, a Shia community right in the Islamic world and they um these people uh, will will join arms to defend their country Iranians are very patriotic okay regardless if they're wrong if they're right if they're being duped the average Iranian citizen will take sticks and stones to fight just like the Greeks did nobody expected them to hold Hitler off for over you know uh you know a year and 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 
you know, have Hitler freeze off with his troops in, in Russia. And so, you know, this is why World War II was won because people with sticks and stones were fighting because they're proud of their country. And this is the way Iranians are. That's something that it has to be taken in, in, into account. And I'm pretty sure it is uh, because Mike Pompeo is not an idiot. Mike Pompeo knows exactly what he's doing. And I think if we actually listen to what Iran said, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, the, the, the U.S and Iran, but it's about uh, putting pressure on other countries. Uh, Rouhani said that himself. And so what concerns is what the players are in the United States, which I'm going to get to after the break, the people that are very outspoken on this and what skin they have in the game. Now, Putin says that it's possible that he and President Trump uh, can um, meet uh, during the G20 summit in Osaka so they can discuss these concerns of international security and these bilateral relations. He actually said, and I quote, we have something to say in the area of international security disarmament as the START-3 treaty, which is the Strategic Weapons Treaty, expires in the near future, but also terms of restoring normal transnational relations in all areas areas between and including the economy. And that is what Putin said. So he's pretty much openly invited the president um, to discuss. And he said, look, um, I think that the United States is making a big mistake. And I really hope that they realize it and correct it. And I don't know if it's because Putin's out of the loop or if he's just reiterating for the sake of the role but remember russia makes bank with iran out of the picture okay bank because everyone's going to be going to russia for gas and oil and they will be making bank so why come out and support iran okay that's what you have to think about logic common sense parsimony simplicity is always the best answer right I'll see you all in just a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so where we left it off is how the EU is now trying to say that we have always been the demon in this case in the Middle East. Like, none of them are involved, even though they're funding most of it. And, you know, news just broke today in Greece where they were pretty much told by the European Union, you know, if you go to war with Turkey, you're on your own. And like I've said, Turkey has been bullying Greece, and they even announced today that they will start drilling in Greek waters for oil. They just announced it. Like Erdogan has no sense of, yo, you can't go into another country's area. Uh, it's by an area called Castellorizo and start drilling for oil when it's not yours. And they're like, do something about it. How does the United States have any conversation with these people at that point, right? How do we have any relations at that point? And what's what's horrible is, is that the EU kind of said, look, we're not getting involved. The same way they let Turkey take over half of Cyprus. They're allowing Turkey to do these things. And that's because they've got fires lit in Iran. Thank God, because that's what strategy is. This is how you smoke out clowns. This is how you smoke out the EU. You've got two NATO members, because remember, Greece is one of the poorest countries, but they pay full membership to NATO, unlike the countries that really run the whole NATO show, right? And, you know, Greece actually went to Europe and they spoke and the uh, defense minister of Greece just came out today and said they pretty much told us we're on our own. So if they go, it's, it's like pretend this. Imagine China decided that they're going to, you know, take a ship and park it right on, you know, U.S. waters outside of Alaska and start drilling oil because they feel like it. What would be the, the response from the U.S.? What do you do at that point? Is that not provocation of war? I mean, what do you do? Do you shoot innocent oil riggers? Because they're not military. What do you do? That's the question. And I've told you that the tensions, even though we're seeing it in Iran, yes, the IRGC is distracting that way because they already know where our attention is. 
They already know where we're focusing. I mean, they saw that we last month gave a shipment and get this right near the area where Turkey's going to be drilling for oil in Greek waters, 70 fighter choppers, right? With night vision, the whole nine yards and a bunch of other, you know, weapons. Here's another thing. B-52 bombers left Minot. Okay, they left and they went straight over. They went through the United Kingdom. They went to Germany and then they took a tour by both seas. They came down the route where we've distributed weapons. Where have we distributed weapons this these past four weeks? Greece, Romania, and Bulgaria. They flew right down there. And Russians actually saw them, you know, um, flying by. They were like, it was on June 17th. So the 352, uh, three B-52 bombers had literally left Minot and flew right there. So they went, um, you know, uh, down um, by Romania, Bulgaria, and uh, entered, um, wait, did they go first to Germany? I'm trying to remember. They left and they went to the Minot Air Force Base um, from Europe, from Minot to Europe, and they went to the Baltic coast by Germany first. Yes. And um, you could see them then continuing their route from the Baltic Sea where they uh, were seen by Russian planes. It's international waters. It wasn't conflict. But they have never done that route where they go outside and behind. And then they went down uh, from the German Baltic coast, right? Um, Kiel the Baltic coast, and then they um, went down to Romania by the Black Sea, and they were there. Now, one of them disappeared. Nobody knows where it went, but what happened was in international waters, uh, they were found in the uh, Black Sea uh, as well. So, you know, literally Russia reported, hey, spotted B-52 bomber, uh, U.S. 52 bomber in, you know, our area per se. Now, it's not a big deal because it was international waters and it was an exercise, but it was actually a timing exercise to see how quickly they could get down to the area of conflict, which is right there. So I'm pointing out things that are telling you a whole different story. The bombers are not going to go. They, they obviously went from the Arctic side, um, passing London, went close to their base in Germany, which they'd have cover if Europe wanted to, you know, do any funny business and then took it from the Baltic coast down, uh, you know, Romania, Bulgaria, Black Sea, uh, to the vicinity where these, um, Turkish hostilities are happening and then returned. No big deal. They saw where the Russian aircraft are. They saw how quick their response would be. It's a typical exercise. Why would they go there? Out of all places, why would they head down there? I've been telling you this. We only have to pay attention to where we're delivering weapons to allies. These are NATO allies that, um, you know, have been receiving these weapons. Today it was just released that NATO is not going to get involved. Like, how do you do that? You have two people that are in NATO. One of them is obviously breaking laws, international laws, breach of everything, and everyone's going to stand down. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? This is, this is really, really important. And this is why what's happening in Iran is escalating so quickly. And this is why Biden jumped on the, you know, whatever 
President Trump is doing with Iran, it's a catastrophe. Look who's talking, dude. You drop $1.8 billion in these ter- in these in their pockets that funded terrorism. How dare he even speak? How dare he even speak? He's saying that he's, you know, he, he has um, uh, no idea of what diplomacy is, really. So diplomacy is what? Getting your son $1.5 billion from China? What is diplomacy? Dropping cash in airplanes and just dropping him off in a tarmac? Let's listen to President Trump talk about this tarmac stuff. Let me get it to the right place. Hold on. This is immigration. Let me just put it. Okay, he's talking about immigration here. Okay, I think this is it. Country, and we're bringing them back. And the countries that see this and they see it happening, it starts, it's already started, but it's really starting in a much heavier fashion next week. Finishing up uh, the deportations and stuff. Uh, It's, it's, you know, sending a signal that you may get in, but you're not getting in for long, and you're going out. And the other thing, finally, is Mexico, for the first time ever, for the first time in... You know, many, many decades, uh, they are respecting us. And we had a big fight. The Democrats would meet for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. I always say, used to be 45. It's, it's just a very short. Cortez has really become the big star, and she even got Joe Biden to come up with a new Green Deal plan. Just approved it uh, in a big vote. They want to do what's right for the party, and they can take. Jerusalem's now the capital. Many other presidents there we go. promised Here we go with deliver. Iran. You recognize Golan, which other people promised and didn't deliver. You promised you'd get us out of the Iranian deal. Uh, I don't think you're going to drop $150 billion in cash and other currency on the tarmac of Mullers that chant death to America. Uh, I worry about Iranian hegemony. I worry about Iranian proxy wars and terror. I worry about their alliance with Vladimir Putin, and I'm not sure where China shakes out in all of this. As you look at the geopolitical work up there, Iran, Russia, China, tell me your concerns. Uh, Don't worry about a thing. Everything's under control. Don't worry about a thing. That's it. Uh, You're right. We did that for uh, Israel, Jerusalem, as you know, every president said, we're going to, you know, you move the embassy to Jerusalem, becomes the capital of Israel. Uh, every president said, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. None of them did. I did it. The Golan Heights. For 52 years, they've been talking about the Golan Heights. I did it. They didn't do it. And I understand why, because you get here, there's a lot of people calling, begging you not to do it from other countries, heads of countries. But presidents have all, practically all, said they're going to do Golan Heights, they're going to do Jerusalem. They didn't do it. And then terminating one of the worst deals ever made, the Iran deal uh, that was made by President Obama, paid $150 billion, paid $1.8 billion in cash. Uh, I terminated that, and Iran is a much different country. I will tell you, much different today than when I took over. When I took over, it looked like there was no stopping them right now. Well, you say they never problems. get nukes? But they we'll never get happens. nuclear weapons? Uh, I would say, if I were you, don't worry about a thing. What about Putin and China? Well, they were forced together by President Obama, and you never like to see that, but they were forced together by his attitude and by what they did. And when I got here, they were getting very close, but we're doing things that nobody will be able to even compete with in so many different ways. Second of all, 
We're going to have a good relationship with Russia, and we're going to have a good relationship with China. It's very important that we do. They're powerful nations, and we're a very powerful nation. And I've rebuilt our military to a level that nobody thought possible, $716 billion last year. Nobody thought it was depleted when I got in. It was, they had planes that were so old, they couldn't fly. And our military is almost completed in terms of being rebuilt, and we are doing uh, missile and money. missile technology that nobody's even seen before. Mr. President, I'm thinking I about would... do we announce it or do we not announce it? But we have tremendous, you know, the the levels of sophistication like you've never seen. With all of that being said, I want to get along with Russia, and I think we will. I want to get along with China, and I think we will. I'm meeting actually both I... of them next week in Japan at the G20. And me, I think Mr. it's President, important that I, the United I, States gets along. The Russian witch hunt really hurt us in terms of our relationship with Russia. I think it was just hurt. I think it hurt us in terms of relationship with a lot of people. But we have very good relationships with countries and sometimes countries that you wouldn't think so, because I've said you got to pay for NATO. You know, the United Mr. States President, was paying for NATO. You had a lot of countries that were delinquent in their payments to NATO. I got them to pay over $100 billion toward More. NATO. But I think that we're going to get along with a lot of countries. But those two in particular, I think we're going to have a—I hope President, we're going to have a good relationship. But we're a very strong to, uh, country again, and we're respected again, Sean. I hate to interrupt you, but uh, I actually took 50 minutes of Laura Ingram's show. But I want to tell I you— I know that. I know that but Laura you know what? must not be happy it's right her, now. It's her birthday today, sir. Uh, well, I, she's I a thought great you might want to know that. I'll tell you what. So, Laura, I know you can tell Laura yourself happy birthday, and, and thank you for being with us, Laura. Happy birthday from me and you, the president. All right, so happy birthday to Laura for yesterday. But hey, guys, did you hear him? Don't worry about it. It's all under control because it's not Iran. We all are not getting it. This president has already laid it out. Enjoy the show. This has already been laid out. War is being declared and it's not being done by Iran. Iran said it. Sometimes you have to actually listen to what the leaders are telling you and pay attention to what the leaders are telling you. Putin is hinting the European Union. Yo, he knows. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm inviting him to talk about it. You know, and like I said, you know, Sean even said, well, you know, what about Iran, China and, 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 and Russia aligning together? Uh, you know, don't worry about it. It's all under control because it is. You can't enter, you know, um, communications with people without knowing what communications they had before. And that leads me to introduce you guys to a couple of people that have been flying under the radar. Okay. So I'm going to take you back into time. Specifically 2013. Hmm. And... In New York, there was a private dinner that I may or may not have good knowledge of. Present in that meeting was Louis Farrakhan. Everybody knows what an anti-Semite is and how racist he is and how he is a black supremacist of the nation of Islam, right? But so was Keith Ellison. So was uh, Congressman Andre Carson. He's from Indiana and Gregory Meeks of New York. So they had this private dinner in New York 
in 2013, totally off the record, guess with who? The president of Iran, Hassan Rouhani. And so remember, Iran has been designated as a sponsor of terror since 1984. Do you remember? From the tanker wars, right? That's where we labeled them. He was actually in New York for a UN meeting and the dinner party uh, was um, was there after he spoke, you know, they had the dinner party privately, no cameras, no press, right? Um, local. Just hours after, he, you know, Rouhani spoke at the UN General Assembly. So maybe you could do your homework and find out the dates. But see, I have like I said, sources. So the Nation of Islam publication called Final Call had done the whole write-up about the three Democrats that met and had dinner in secret. And no one talked about it. And you know what? I'm going to call someone out right now. The Wall Street Journal reporter and the New York Times reporter that keeps a stupid doll in her bag, they were there. Because I saw them, but they didn't write about it, right? They didn't even enter. They didn't even, nope, nothing. So they met, they had this meeting, and they were talking, all these people. Now, who are these people? Let me tell you who Gregory Meeks is. He's a clown. He totally aligns uh, with, uh, you know, he totally loves himself some Maxine Waters. I'll tell you that. And he totally likes to virtue signal and use the race card all the time. Uh, You know, he categorically says Trump violates laws, you know, and hates, um, you know, uh, how he handles everything. And, you know, the way he's portraying America to the other governments is just horrific. And he's so immoral, says the guy that met with Rouhani that was a state sponsored terrorist. You know, he's a sponsor of terrorism. But here's where it gets even crazier. Andre Carson, he's actually the chair of the intelligence, um, the subcommittee, uh, the intelligence subcommittee on counterterrorism. Are you listening? Uh, He is... (laughs) The chair for the Intelligence Subcommittee on Counterterrorism. We have Ilan Omar and all these people on the, you know, foreign, uh, you know, relations, intelligence, uh, you know, committees. These people that hate America, that hate everything that has to do with America, that promote, um, you know, radical values and condemn the United States. Now we have a guy that has a direct number and probably chit chats with Rouhani on a daily. Now, I can tell you this from sources in Iran. Rouhani has not spoken to any of these people since President Trump took office. Uh, actually, no, it was since March of 2017 that he hasn't spoken to them. Why? Because he has been in different talks. So I just want to let you guys know when the president says, don't worry about it. It's all under control is definitely under control. And I've said this again and again and again, Iran is a distraction. Whatever's happening, let it be. Let it be. It's all under control. What you need to focus on is the real warmongering. Again, I say just imagine 
you're the United States and China rolls up, <laughs> you know, with a boat and sets up an oil rig, you know, off the coast of Alaska and starts drilling oil. And the U.S. is like, yo, yo, what are you doing? That, that, that's my oil. That's, that's my water. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? How do you respond to that? This is exactly what's going on in the Aegean. I've been telling you guys, everything is there. We've been sending weapons to all the bordering nations. The bordering nations of what? Turkey. Turkey, Turkey, Turkey. Bulgaria, Romania, Greece, come on. And they're all northern Greece. It's not like down at the tip in Athens. Northern Greece. Now they're, they literally announced today in like a national thing, Erdogan says, we're going to start drilling over there. And it's like, but that over there isn't yours. Where are you going? Yeah, whatever. So Greece has been pleading with NATO. And this is important what he said. Some countries aren't paying their fair share and he mandated that they do because this is protection we've already provided, right, that they haven't paid. Little old Greece with practically no money taxing their citizens almost at 85% has lost their sovereignty, turns around to the European Union, which they are part of, and they're like, yo, Turkey's doing this. Like, somebody has to step up. And they're like, yeah, so we're not going to get involved. Maybe you guys can talk about it. So then Greece reaches out to NATO and says, yo, we're both NATO members. What's going on here? You guys need to like intervene. What they're doing is like a declaration of war. NATO, and we're talking European because I don't know, um, you know, what the U.S. uh, response on this is. But I'm pretty much thinking our response is through the actions of the past eight weeks. Um, You know, they're like, yeah, you're on your own. And today... In the afternoon in Greece, it was announced by the defense minister, you know, if Turkey comes in, um, I guess we're on our own and we're going to have to fight them on our own. No one's giving us support. We're all alone. How does that suck? You're paying for NATO and they won't help you. You're part of the EU and they're fleecing your citizens. They've fleeced your state because of corrupt tactics or whatnot. And no one is helping you. How does that suck? super sucks, right? Because they're a tiny country, but they are third in size of military in NATO. So it's first U.S., Turkey second, Greece's third. And Greece's Navy and Air Force is pretty, pretty good. So um, their Navy is actually second to the U.S. Navy, believe it or not. Anyway, so this is where we're at. We have people in the house that align with terrorists. So it'll be interesting to see where Congress sits with all this Iran talk. And then we have them bringing up Khashoggi again because they want to put out that Turkey is like the savior and that they were helping and that Khashoggi's part of Saudi Arabia and let's do this and let's do that. And you know, Scott Adams mentioned something to me. There was a, a slight bitch slap to Graham in regards to Khashoggi during the rally. Um, I think he talked about it on his show, uh, but I'll um, play his part of the show tomorrow where he talks about it. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting how things are coming along. Now the Khashoggi thing is making sense. Now all of this is making sense. And now we can pretty much see that Iran isn't the concern we should be having, but it's the Eastern Med, like I've been saying, and their actions in Idlib. They just got caught 
trying to sell gold on the black market. They've been selling uranium on the black market. They've been selling artifacts on the black market. They've been selling oil on the black market, all the while being bullies and also telling the U.S., listen, we're part of this F-35, but we're still going to get missiles from Russia. And remember, Russia can save Turkey. (laughs) Russia doesn't want to save Turkey. Because it's not in Russia's interest. Turkey goes down, they make money. China's not best interest. Turkey goes down, China makes money. You know, it's not even in Iran's interest. It is short term because they are the, you know, pipeline center uh, overground to go out to the nations of Europe. But that can be fixed. Turkey goes down, there'll be a better deal. So, and now we have movements where we're placing U.S. ambassadors in countries. Like I said, you know, we had one in Bulgaria place that is a Kurd. And I've talked about Kurdistan. I've talked about borders being redefined. um, And that is something Turkey does not want. Turkey is... um, (coughs) is criminal in their actions against Kurds. They kill them every day and they don't care. They've completely dehumanized them. Europe knows this. These are crimes. Nobody cares. What about the gen- the Armenian genocide? No one's even recognizing it. They're like, it was their fault. Who cares? This is the nation we need to keep our eyes on. While everyone's talking about Iran, while everyone's peddling, yeah, this, this, you need to p- look at the actions. You know, words can be like, I love you. But on the other hand, you know, I, I really don't for my actions. I don't care about you. I'm not talking to you. I'm cheating on you. So words are nothing. Actions mean. And what have we seen? The past eight weeks, we have been delivering tons of weapons up the eastern coast of Greece, northeastern coast of Greece, Bulgaria, Romania. We just placed an ambassador for Kurdistan. We just reinforced forces down in Syria talking about the Kurds again in Iraq problems with the Kurds we're fixing that and now we've got Turkey where we want them with the S-400s and we're not talking to them anymore we've already grounded their pilots I hope we've also shipped them out this is where we're at and now they have taken the last aggressive move which is like we're announcing that we're going to go drill oil there and that there isn't even theirs so these are the facts These are the facts. And you have to remember again that we have congresspersons that actually had tight relations with Iran meeting with the Iranian president that had direct lines sitting on counterterrorism panels. This is a huge concern because I don't know about Rouhani where he sits, but I know where Khamenei is and he's fine. Just like the president said, everything is taken care of. Don't worry about it. Remember that letter from Kim. Now, on that note, I'm going to bid you all a great evening. I will see you all here tomorrow and we'll discuss the charade of the hearing that happened today and more is to come. Hopefully more will be coming to fruition uh, in regards to peace talks and defusing the Eastern Mediterranean. I really hope we pull out a NATO. (laughs) Uh, Have yourself a blessed evening. I'll see you all here again Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 on Red State Talk Radio. From all of us here at Red State, God bless. first to realize that our petty partisan divisions are just trivial distractions, and we are all enslaved by a hidden enemy. We realized that the problem was never capitalism or socialism, Democrat or Republican, black or white, Muslim or Christian. We know it was just very powerful criminals who had too much power. Fellow slaves, 
It's time to buckle your seatbelt, recognize your true enemy, and embrace a new future that we all owe to the brave patriots who risk their lives to achieve this victory against the greatest force of evil the world has ever known. May God bless America.